0: Welcome to worship this morning at First Baptist Church McCloud. I invite you to stand if you'd like to and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we're thankful for all that you do, all that you do here and all that you do in using us to further your message. And, and God, I pray that you'd be with us today. Help us to worship you with all that we have. Draw us close to you. God, I pray that you would be honored um, in all that we say and do here today and uh, speak to us through your word God, be with everyone here, people that know you and people that don't, God, and help us to know you better. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. called my name and i ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day now your mercy has saved my soul Your freedom is all that I know. The old man, Jesus, when I met you, you called my name. Then I ran out of that grave, out of the dark. To your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness. To your glorious day. Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King. morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death, and the dead was from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, in the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of all shall not be, shall not faint. By His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. forever to the is built on nothing else when Jesus I and righteousness trust His righteousness alone, faultless before the throne. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Sin was great, your love was great. i to you before you, you silence the ghost of sin and greed. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again.
1: You have no idol, you have no equal. Now and forever,
0: God, you Yours is the King Yours is the glory Yours is the name of all things What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus what a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus you have no right you have no equal Now and forever, God Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all the What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the
2: name of Jesus. How is everyone? Good. Really glad you're here to worship the Lord with us. Uh, we have some of our uh, best friends in life with us, uh, Greg and Natalie Berkey. Uh, they spent their, uh, Greg's a retired pastor and uh, uh, they love and serve the Lord in so many ways today. I'm really proud to have them as my friends. Uh, uh, they pastored up in the Dakotas and Iowa up in really the cold country. Um, but thank the Lord for them and glad you're here. Would you, would you like to affirm uh, the goodness of God with me today? God is good. All the time. God's hey, thanks for affirming God's goodness with me. I, I, the the beautiful name of Jesus. We uh, that's a new song for me. I I, I love it. I, I I really believe in our culture today in America that uh, so much of our culture misunderstand Jesus, misunderstand Christianity, misunderstand the church, but. By the way we live, by the way we speak, by the relationships we have, we, we can really make the name of Jesus beautiful. We can make Christianity beautiful. We can make the, the church beautiful. People just need to be able to see uh, Christ uh, Christianity in the church through, through Jesus' eyes and through the, the eyes of his followers, and we can help make Jesus beautiful for others. And as we share in the Lord's Supper today, uh, we're, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Supper and the message also. So would you pray with me? And we'll just ask the Lord to speak. Father, uh, we know you're here. We know you're an awesome God, and we love you. And God, as we look at this um, most sacred act of worship through 1 Corinthians 11, God, I pray that you'd speak through me, speak to your people today. We want uh, to glorify the name of Jesus. We want to remember Jesus. We want to go deep in our relationship with Jesus. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts today, and we pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people agreed. Amen. Hey, thanks for praying with me. Uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you'd like to stand, we'll honor the Lord by by reading his word together. Uh, uh, the Lord's Supper is is recounted in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the three Gospels. And then the Apostle Paul, uh, and this is the, the closest to Luke's Gospel here, the Apostle Paul shares these words to us, recounting the, the words of Jesus at the Last Supper, but also giving us um, kind of divine coaching. <laughs> you know, You, you know, God's God's way of telling us, this is how you celebrate the Lord's Supper as my family. So we're in verse uh, 23 of 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, the Lord tells us, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he would given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Uh, A person ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. Uh, When we are judged by the Lord, we're being disciplined so that we'll not be condemned with the world. Uh, This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Please be seated. Uh, this is the first time we get to celebrate the Lord's Supper together since I've been your transitional pastor. I, I'm really honored to, to celebrate the Lord's Supper with you today. It's a, uh, I really believe the Lord's Supper is our, our most sacred act of worship as Christians, as a church. And so I'd like to, to take uh, the next 15 or 20 minutes and just talk about what the Lord's Supper means and how how we practice it as a family of believers, since that's our, our first time to do it together as a church I, uh, under my leadership. Uh, we know that Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper on the night before his death, and it's a it's a memorial to how he gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross for our sins. So Jesus gives us visual symbols. He gives us bread, and he gives us a cup to represent, to symbolize his body and blood. Jesus designed the Lord's Supper to to draw us into his presence, to to draw us into deep communion and prayer with him, and he he designed the Lord's Supper for us to to remember him, to remember his sacrifice, to, to remember his body, to remember his blood. And some Christians, uh, depending on what part of the country you are and what denomination you, you come from, some Christians call the Lord's Supper Communion. And Communion is a way of emphasizing that we 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 go deep with God when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We we pray. We remember the the death of Jesus. We remember His body and blood. We go into a, a kind of Christian meditation as we as we prayerfully remember Jesus and His death on the cross for our sins. Yeah, uh, you know, some Christians call the the Lord's Supper the Eucharist. It's after uh, the Greek New Testament word for for thanksgiving because we, we thank Jesus for giving his body in giving his blood on the cross for our sins, and I know as Baptists we, we typically use those three words the, the lord 's Supper uh, that and I, I believe we typically use these words because uh, 1 Corinthians 11.20 20 uh, calls this act of worship the lord 's Supper it 's a way of, of remembering Jesus and you know all three words are, are all three ways of describing uh, the lord 's Supper are good whether we call it the lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist. it 's all about focusing on Jesus and remembering Jesus so this morning as as we look at this passage, um, I've got three main points I want to share with you this morning. Uh, we, want to, we want to look at the Lord's Supper. So I've called the message looking at the Lord's Supper. We want to look at the Lord's Supper by, by looking back. And so we'll look back at Jesus and his death on the cross. We'll, we'll also look at the Lord's Supper by, we want to look within. We want to look at our hearts and our, our relationships with Jesus. And, and then beyond that, we, we want to look forward. We want to look ahead because the Lord's Supper also points to the fact that Jesus is returning one day to, to bring us home to heaven. So let's, let's look at these, uh, these, these points and see what the Lord has to say to us this morning. So, so first off, the, the Lord's Supper, is a, it's a time to look back in history. It's a time to, to remember Christ. And as we, we look at this passage this morning, we see that there's two times that Jesus actually commands us to remember him. He says two times, do this in remembrance of me. First with the bread, and then later with the cup. Uh, verse 23, he says, the Lord Jesus, he took bread, he broke it and said, uh, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then picking up in verse 25, it says, in the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup saying that this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so Jesus tells us, tells us twice, uh, to, to look back, to, to remember his body and his blood. Remember his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. And so this morning, as, as we look back and remember, let's remember that Jesus's body was broken for us. Uh, there are, the, the Psalms tell us in Psalm 22, verse 18, that as Jesus was, was beaten and crucified, that, that no bone and his body was broken that that 's an old testament prophecy and and we believe that no bone in his b- body was broken, but still jesus was was beaten he was broken he was he was bruised for us as he died on the cross for our sins if If you haven 't seen mel gibson 's uh, the Passion of the Christ, you need to see it once uh you know, I I know I my our family watched it at the movies when it first came out. We lived in in Texas. We watched it at the movies, and then I bought the but then then I bought the movie, and uh, I found that the movie was so painful to watch. Uh, you know, that that movie's sat on the shelf at our house for years. You know, we we watched it once, haven't opened it up again because it's it, it's so graphic and painful to watch. But it it's helpful for us to re, to re, be reminded to 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 remember. How Jesus was beaten and broken for us. His, you know, the Roman soldiers who arrested Jesus, they, you know, they, they, they beat him up like they were a gang and he was a victim of, uh, of gang brutality. They, they punched him in the face. They pulled out his beard. They, they spit on him. Hey, they put this crown of thorns on his head and the, the Roman thorns were like two inch thorns and they, they beat that crown into his head and beat him with a staff and then they, they scourged him that was that was typical for victims of crucifixion there was a special whip that was designed to to bring you within an inch from death and they scourged Jesus before they nailed his hands and feet to the cross and so let's remember Jesus's love for us as he willing to be to be beaten and broken and bruised for us let's also remember that that Jesus's blood was shed for us hey, i know when i was a, when i was a new christian uh, you know when I first came to christ, you know we we were only singing out of the hymnal back then, and as we we sang out of the hymnal i I remember singing uh, there 's power in the blood there 's wonder working power in the blood uh, there 's nothing but the the blood of jesus we 've got all these you know sacred songs uh about the power of the blood of jesus, and so we want to remember this morning that Jesus' blood was shed for us. If we, we look back thousands of years ago in the Old Testament or you know, look into the more recent New Testament uh, that the Lord has given to us, we see that, that both the Old and New Testaments stress the fact that the, the shedding of blood is necessary for God to forgive our sins. Hebrews nine twenty two speaking about Jesus says says without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness you know we can't be forgiven of our sins for all eternity without the blood of Jesus the the blood of Jesus covers over our sins and in Leviticus you know teaches us about that the the first time and, and pointing back to the the Jewish temple and all the countless animals that were offered day in and day out in the temple. It says in Leviticus 17, 11, "For for the life of the creatures in the blood. And I've given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It's the blood that makes atonement for one's lives. And so what the scripture is telling us here is that our you know our our sins are so huge, so so evil, so horrific before a holy God that it, it takes the blood of Jesus to forgive our sins. You know we're in a culture right now that tells us that that nothing's a sin, where you know the Bible the Bible tells us that that sin is real and sin's a problem because it it separates us from God and other people and Jesus died to to, to bring us into relationship with God. And so before Jesus died on the cross, there are countless animals day in and day out were offered in the, for sacrifices in, in the Jewish temple. And it, they were a reminder. You know, people brought their animals to sacrifice to God. L- literally, their, the, the, the throat of the animal was cut. I know it's graphic. It's gruesome. You know, blood would get on the priest. It would get on those who sacrificed the animal. And even though it was, it sounds horrible and gruesome, it's just a reminder that our sins are a big deal. We, we tend to think our, our sins are not a big deal, but our, our sins are a big deal because they separate us from God now and for all eternity. But and even though our sins are a big deal, the love of God for us is even bigger. So God sent Jesus to to shed his blood so that we can know him now and for eternity. We can be in relationship with God now and for eternity. And so in Old Testament days, day in and day out, the, the priest offered sacrifices in the temple. and it, And it took... Day in and day out, all those, all those sacrifices for thousands of years because the, the animal blood was, was imperfect, but it pointed to the, the perfect blood of Jesus. They, those sacrifices pointed to Jesus's perfect once for all sacrifice on the cross. After Jesus died for us, there, there's no need for any other sacrifices. Jesus died. He, he poured out his blood for us. And in the, the book of Leviticus describes the blood sacrifices bringing in atonement, the, the blood of Jesus bringing an atonement. And, and atonement has the sense of, of covering over our sins. And the, and the picture I, I see in, in, in my mind is as if, you know, Jesus has dug this, this big hole and he's put all our sins into this hole and buried them with dirt and then sp- spread his blood over, over, that, over that pile, over that hole that all our sins are in. And the Psalms tell us that when, that when God forgives our sins, you know, He casts them away as far as the East is from the West. That's, that's an infinite line. He, He remembers them no more. And, and, and we know that God's om, omniscient. He doesn't forget anything, but the point of he remembers them no more, He doesn't count them against us. Once, once we're forgiven, we're forgiven for good. You know, we have a way at times when, when people really make us angry, when they really hurt us deeply, you know, we may forgive them, but sometimes it's really hard to forget. You know, sometimes just the mention of the incident or the mention of, of that person's name who, who hurt us deeply, it's like it rips our heart open again. And, and all, all that pain comes flooding in. But when God forgives our sins, He, he remembers them no the more. He doesn't count them against us. That's, that's the wonder working power of the blood of Jesus. So we want to remember today that Jesus' blood was shed for us. Let's also remember that Jesus was, was fully human like us. Um, Jesus' mother was, was, the, was Mary, making him fully human. Jesus has a divine Father God, making him fully God. And I find some of my some of my friends from other denominations I've done uh, chaplaincy with they they really have a way of focusing on the humanity of Jesus and I I find you know growing up in the Baptist church I I tend to focus more on the divine side of Jesus but the the crucifixion very much reminds us that that Jesus is human like you and me more than human he's God but he's human like you and me he you know Jesus hurt he cried he bled he. He, he goes through all, all the experiences that we do to bring us into a relationship with God. And so Jesus has this incredible suffering on the cross. So remember the, the physical pain Jesus experienced as he, was, as he was beaten, as he was scourged, as he was nailed to the cross. And if you, if you deal with uh, you know, physical pain once in a while, or if you're in chronic pain, uh, Jesus knows your pain. When when you pray for relief of your pain, when you pray for healing, Jesus knows your physical pain. We we don't th- think about it often, but Jesus also suffered emotionally on the cross. He suffered relationally. Think about this. Uh, you know, one of his closest friends, you know, Ju- Judas Iscariot, who is a one of his followers for three or four years, you know, live with him day in and day out for three or four years. Judas betrays him to death. You know, he, he's got to feel, Jesus has to feel devastated when all the disciples abandon him. He's he's left alone with the with his enemies who want to kill him. Jesus must feel crushed when when Peter denies three times that he even knows Jesus and begins to, you know, curse like a sailor to prove that he's not a follower of Jesus. Jesus also knows what it's like to 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 be rejected by his own people. You know, he came to bring salvation to his people and said they rejected him. They called for his crucifixion. So Jesus knows what it's like to be deeply hurt by people who should love him, who should support him. You know, Jesus knows what it's like to feel, you know, just utterly lonely, utterly abandoned. He knows what the the depths of despair feel like. Jesus went through all of that uh, to forgive us, but also to so that he can encourage us and, and minister to us when, when we're in the depths of despair. Jesus also suffers spiritually on the cross. Beyond physical and emotional suffering, there's a, there, there's a soul pain. There's a spiritual suffering that that a person can go through, and Jesus did. Uh, we know this happened during the the last 24 hours or so of his life on on the night before his death as jesus prays in in gethsemane it's a it's a small olive garden where he taught his disciples and and prayed with them we're told that when he prayed uh, he said my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death and he told his disciples stay here and pray with me keep watch with me and and think about that kind of pain in the Lord's soul, and even in your soul, but his soul being sorrowful to the point of death. That's a, that's a depth of pain that's hard to imagine. And Luke reminds us, and Luke, who's a medical doctor in his gospel, tells us that, you know, Jesus, as he, was, as he was anticipating his death and praying to God, his sweat was like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And during those six hours on the cross, almost everyone abandoned Jesus. Um, we know his some women followers were there. His mother was there. It Seems like the only of the disciple that was there was was John, his closest friend. And you know Jesus felt abandoned as God pours out the sins of the world on Jesus. Jesus not only felt abandoned by his family and friends, he he felt this abandonment from God, this deep loneliness and in, in separation from God as he as he prayed out loud from the Psalms, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And so. On the cross, we see that Jesus understands what spiritual pain feels like. Jesus understands what it's like to to really wrestle with God. He's He's God the Son, but He's wrestling with with God the Father on the cross. He he know he's he he knows what it's like to to pray and pray and pray, but not get the answers he hopes for. Remember in Gethsemane, he says he talks about. You know, not my will, but your will, God. Take this cup of suffering away from me, but not my will, but your will, God. And, and Jesus knows uh, the the deep pain of praying when, when God is with us, but at the same time, God can feel very distant at times when we're in pain. And Jesus experienced that on the cross. And so this morning, as we remember Jesus, as we eat of the bread, as we take of the cup, Let's remember Jesus' body beaten, broken, pierced for you and me. And as we drink of the cup, let's remember Jesus shedding his blood for us and the power in his blood as he forgives our sins through his blood sacrifice on the cross. Not only do we look back and remember Jesus, we, the Lord's Supper is a time to, to, to look within, look within our hearts and souls and, and re- repent of our sins. And and by repent I mean that we we examine our hearts before God. We we confess our sins. And and I, I like the word repent. We don't use it a whole lot anymore, but repent is a is a spiritual u-turn. We we turn away from our sins and and we turn to Jesus. As we confess our sins, it's like we're we're telling Jesus I'm going to run away from my sins and I'm going to run into your arms and and receive your forgiveness and 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 be right with you again when I've chosen to be distant from you because I've chosen sin rather than Jesus. And so the Lord's Supper tells us here verse 28 uh, in this Lord's Supper passage uh the Lord speaking through the Apostle Paul and tells us, you know, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and, and drink from the cup. So I think, you know, we have a, we have a few moments to, to pray. We have a few moments to look inside our souls as, as we either have the bread and cup distributed to us or we, we come forward and sit, in a, sit back in our seats for a few moments. It's, it's an opportunity just to look into our hearts, look into our souls, uh, I believe, at first, we need to examine our relationship with God. Um, John um, was a deacon in our church when I pastored in uh, a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we're, at th- we're at this amazing church. We're a multiracial, multiethnic church. Uh, the most united church I've, I've ever been in. Uh, just the church walked in sync with one another, although they were incredibly diverse. You know, we were like... 20% white, 20% African, 20% African American, um, 20% Caribbean, and then a, a little bit of everything else. And you know, you know, I was the minority as I as I stood up and and preached there. But despite that, we had this incredible unity. And uh, one night during a congregational meeting, we we were talking about our worship, and and John, who grew up in Jamaica, you know, was. A man who just deeply walks with God, and he said, "Pastor, I I like to ask you, and I like to ask the church tonight: Can can we move from celebrating the the Lord's Supper once a quarter, you know, once every three months, to once a month?" And I said, "I would love that. Would you talk to me and talk to the church about it?" And 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 what John told us that night, he said, "The reason I believe we need to celebrate the Lord's Supper more regularly is to, to remember Jesus, but also." to examine our hearts closely. He so says sometimes life, life is so busy. Sometimes we get so, you know, fragmented and fractured and busy with life that we we don't take enough time to just sit quietly before Jesus and examine our hearts before him. Do we have sin in our hearts we need to confess? Do we have issues in our heart that we need to just get get real with before God? And the Lord's Supper is a reminder about, you know, d- despite all our worries and hurries and, and busyness in life, uh, the, the best thing in life is to to spend time with in our relationship with God. The best thing in life is to is to spend time with with the people of our church family. The Lord's Suppers is a reminder to look deep deep within, and and as we look deep within, I I believe we. If we've got any confessed sin, it's a time just to to get real with God and confess it to Him. If we've been playing spiritual games with with the Lord, it's time to confess it. If we've been just kind of doing life and keeping God at arm's length, it's it's time to deal with that with the Lord as we take the Lord's Supper. And and at times, it's I think it it's easy just to get caught up with life and kind of put God on the shelf at times and just kind of doing our own thing at work or family or whatever, or, or, or our worries and hurries get get us all caught up. And the, the Lord's Supper is a, a reminder to just renew our relationship with God again. And if we find that we're, we've been pushing God away or resisting God, it's an opportunity just to, to say we're going we're gonna to push that resistance away and, and draw near to Jesus once again. So it's an opportunity to to also talk to the Lord about anything that controls us. Do <laughs> it. Do addictions control us? Do our do time on our devices? Are those controlling things in our life? What what controls us and gets in the way of of our relationship with Jesus? The Lord's Supper is also a time not only to examine our relationship with God, but even to examine our relationship with people. Uh, I think especially. Uh, Fellow Christians, especially, uh, those we, we call, those whom we call brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, it's easy to hold on to non-forgiveness when we're really angry or really hurt. And if we're holding on to a grudge, holding on to a resentment, holding on to, you know, non-forgiveness, if there's anger and bitterness in our heart towards another person, it, it's a good time just to let that go as we get ready to take of the Lord's Supper it's a, It's a time just to say, uh God, I haven't worked through all my feelings, but I'm going to forgive this person uh you know bitterness the you know the scriptures tell us that you know bitterness has a way of taking root in our souls it's a it's a poison that has a way of affecting all of our life as it takes root in our souls, and the the devil really uses it against it, and so the Lord's Supper is a time to just say. I've got some. I've got some hard feelings toward this person, Lord. I I forgive them, and and I'll forgive them, and forgive them, and forgive them again until all those hard feelings are washed away. And at the same time, I believe the Lord's Supper is a time to to remind ourselves: I need to get this relationship right, and, and God help me do that. And getting our hearts right with God is, and with other people is is an essential part of the Lord's Supper. If you look with me at verse 29, I really believe the apostle Paul uses a bit of play on words here. He says, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord. You know, throughout this passage, Paul's always talking about the, the body in the blood of Jesus to refer to Jesus. Here, when he talks about the body of the Lord, I really believe that, that Paul's talking about the church body. You know, Jesus isn't here in his flesh and blood. And so he makes the church body, Christians, his his flesh and blood on earth, his his body on earth. So Paul's saying, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, that the church body, you know, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And sometimes, uh, as I've talked about uh, the Lord's Supper, I say it's potentially the most dangerous act of worship, because if we've got wrong actions and wrong relationships and, and wrong attitudes... Uh, the scripture says, "We we eat and drink judgment on ourselves," and so that's why it's so important to examine our hearts, our relationships uh, with each other, our relationships with with people in our lives, our relationships with 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 God, and just deal with that before the Lord today. I, I've had people tell me just occasionally through the years, not a lot, but I think they they've been righteous when they've told me this. They said you know, I'm really got unfinished business between me and God that I'm, 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 not, de- I'm not dealt with all of it yet. And, and I'm, I'm going to not do the Lord's Supper this month and take it next month. And I'm, I'm going to get everything in my heart right with God. And I think we can do that at our seats before we come. Maybe we need more time. And I remember one of my, my best friends in the world who is a deacon at this church he and another deacon were kind of bumping heads. Uh, the other deacon was pretty critical, pretty, uh, um, you know, just really harsh with his words at times. And and as Paul came up to distribute the Lord's Supper, he just said, "Charles, I'm not taking in the Lord's Supper today. I've got to work through feelings with my fellow deacon." And I and I think you know, Paul. Paul walked away righteous, saying, I'm going to work through my feelings. I'm going to forgive before I take of the Lord's Supper, where the, the other man, who was highly offensive, just walked away without even a second thought about what was happening. You know, he hurt a family. He uh, divided the, the body of the deacons and didn't think twice. Where Paul was righteous and said, you know, I'm going to get these things right with the Lord and, and right with my brother in Christ before I take of the Lord's Supper the Lord's Supper is also a time to to look ahead, to look to the future and rejoice. Uh, The Lord's Supper is a celebration of eternal life in Jesus. Uh, Because Jesus was crucified, but was raised from the dead, we have eternal life. Because of his death on the cross, forgiving our sins, because of his resurrection from the dead, Jesus offers us eternal life. So Death doesn't have the victory over Jesus. The, the devil doesn't have the victory over Jesus. Uh, haters of Christianity don't have the victory over Jesus. You know, Jesus is alive. He has he, He's living eternally in heaven, and he gives us eternal life today, too. Uh, one of the families we are closest to in life, I, I got a surprise call Friday morning as I was... I was having breakfast my my friend Wade called. And he said, My dad just didn't wake up this morning. my my mom found him you know dead in the bed, and you know Joe had had heart problems, and yeah you know, but people you know the family was ready, but they're not ready if that makes any sense. They're ready because Joe knew Christ and Joe had some health problems, but weren't expecting him to go in the middle of the night. And I found you know Friday as we talked, we You know, we felt these waves of grief and 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 loss coming into our lives, and then the, you know, the next day I I talked with Joe's other son Kenny. He we called. I'm going to be. He asked me if I'd do the funeral this week, and as I talked to Kenny, I could sense all this pain in Kenny's heart. But then he broke out into laughter a few times, and that's what's what's that going all about? He says, "I I know my dad's with Jesus. I'm I know my dad's in heaven today." And there's, there's something about, about, looking ahead and knowing that our, our, our loved ones, our friends who are, who have died, who are with Jesus, we get to see them again one day. You know, my, our family's pretty small right now. Uh, my, both Connie and my parents are, are with the Lord. We've, we've got one son. Uh, we don't have any grandkids. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, uh, we each have a brother. Uh our family's pretty small, but I know by my mom and dad are waiting for us in heaven. Both sets of my grandparents who who know the Lord are waiting for us in heaven. Connie's parents are are waiting for us in heaven. Um we've got so many people not only our family, but uh you know, our loved ones are waiting for us in heaven. And as I was talking to my friend Kenny about his dad's funeral, he's I said I haven't done a funeral recently, but I said I've I I preached about 300 funerals as a pastor. And uh you know, I know that the majority of those people I got to preach their funerals, I'd say uh, more than 90, 99% probably were people who knew the Lord. I preach funerals mainly of, of Christians, mainly of people who called the church their family. and And one day again, we get to see them again. Jesus is coming again. And so, Death doesn't have the victory. Uh, the Lord's Supper is also a proclamation of of the return of Jesus. Look at uh, verse twenty six. It Says, "Whenever we we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again." So the, the act of celebrating the Lord's Supper is a way of proclaiming interactions. Jesus is coming again. You know, we 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 have this tiny wafer this morning. This this little bit of uh, of, of Grape juice that we use to remember Jesus. But uh, Jesus returns, there's this great marriage feast of the Lamb of God. I, I, I just, I know Baptists are the best cooks, but I, I haven't had, I haven't had any cooking in heaven yet. <laughs> but when we get to, when we get to, to heaven, when Jesus returns, we'll have the ultimate fellowship meal. I, I think of the people gathered around us, uh, you know, the friends we've lost through the years, you know, my best friend who is hit by a car. Uh, you know, killed in a car accident on his way to buy a a kitchen table at, uh, Ashley's furniture. I think of David, my, my best friend for, you know, for 25 plus years. I, you know, think of my, my own parents and so many others who have gone to be with the Lord. We get to see them again. You know, death doesn't have the final word. And and think about you know being around the table with the but the heroes of the Bible, yeah. having a conversation with the Apostle Paul. See, having our Lord Jesus preside over the meal. It's going to be a an awesome, wonderful day. We in the Lord's Supper is just it's an anticipation an anticipation. And I I can't get my phonetics right today. Sorry. The Lord's Supper is an anticipation. I'm just going to skip it. Uh, uh, we anticipate fellowship with Jesus when we when we take up the Lord's Supper. I, I don't usually get that tongue tied. Uh, you know, we worship Jesus, the Lord of the universe. You know, most of the world today seems unaware that that Jesus is Lord. We know. But one day when Jesus returns, everyone will know Jesus is Lord. And, be, and they will bow a knee and confess Jesus is Lord. People who are... Dead or alive, uh, the angels, uh, the devil, his demons will all bend a knee and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. I, I love uh, Philippians two verses 9, 10 and 11. God exalted Jesus to the highest place, gave Jesus the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if that's not enough, there's a doxology to the glory of God the Father. Um, when when we take of the Lord's Supper, we remember the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus has the final word. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And as we prepare our hearts, let's look back and remember. Let's remember Jesus. Let's look within our hearts. Is there anything we need to deal with between us and God? And let's also have joy in our hearts that that Jesus is coming again. Uh, We'll be reunited with with believers in Christ throughout all all the uh, millennia who've who've gone to be with him. We'll be reunited with the people we love the most who know him. Would you pray with me? And we'll just just ready our hearts. Heavenly Father, God, we we love you. We just want to thank you for Jesus. For the gift of your son, Lord, I can't imagine giving my son for anyone. But God, we, you gave your son so that we could know you, so that our sins could be forgiven, so we could live with you for eternity. And God, we we remember Jesus in his his broken and bruised body. We remember his his bloodshed on the cross. And God, we want to look into our souls and ask for for your forgiveness and the restoration of any fractured relationships we have with people or any distance we have between us and you. And God, we also want to rejoice that you're sending your son to return one day and the whole universe will will confess that he is Lord, God, and Savior, and will bow the knee and worship him. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>
0: no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God oh it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99 and I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never ending reckless love of God oh what a Savior Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is. Christ is risen, bow down before Him, for He is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is
1: Shout
0: your praise! Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are You, Lord. All the earth will shout Your.
1: ¡Sí, oh